I, Franklin Delano Roosevelt. I, Harry S. Truman. I, Dwight D. Eisenhower. I, John Fitzgerald Kennedy. I, Lyndon Baines Johnson. I, Richard Nixon. I, Jimmy Carter. I, Ronald Reagan. I, George Herbert Walker Bush. I, William Jefferson Clinton. I, George Walker Bush. I, Barack Hussein Obama, do solemnly swear that I will faithfully execute the office of the Presidency of the United States and will, to the best of my ability, preserve, protect, and defend the Preserve and protect and defend. Preserve, protect, and defend the Constitution of the United States. So help me God. 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 He was the first president born after the American Revolution. He got shellacked in the 1840 presidential election by William Henry Harrison. He diametrically opposed the annexation of Texas, and he once stated that the two happiest days of his life were when he entered office and when he departed from office. I'm Jeremiah Patterson, and this is U.S. Presidents, the podcast about the presidents of the United States. Martin Van Buren was born on December 5, 1782, in Kinderhook, New York. His parents, Abraham and Maria, were of Dutch descent and modest means. His father was a farmer and ran a tavern. Politicians would often congregate at the tavern, and this is what exposed and inspired young Martin to get involved in politics. He attended local schools and the Kinderhook Academy until the age of 14 because his father couldn't afford to send him to college. However, he managed to earn a job at a law firm. He studied law in the following years and was admitted to the bar in 1803. Martin began his own practice shortly after. Subsequently, in 1807, Martin Van Buren married his cousin, Hannah Hose. The couple would eventually have four children, two of whom would later serve in their father's cabinet. Around this time, Martin became more involved in politics. In 1812, he was elected to the first of his two terms in the New York Senate, and in, the 18, and in 1815, he was appointed as New York's Attorney General. During this time, he proved to be an expert politician by using political appoint appointments and financial contributions to secure votes and effectively establish the foundations of the modern political machine. As Martin was completing his second term in the New York Senate, his wife Hannah died of tuberculosis, leaving him four children to take care of. Despite this heartbreaking tragedy, he persisted with his political ambitions and was elected to the U.S. Senate in 1821. Following the election of 1824, in which John Quincy Adams, who was elected president, Martin Van Buren, and the other Democratic, Democratic Republicans sought to form a new political party based on the notion of a minimalist government. Ultimately, the party would evolve into what we now know today as the Democratic Party. In 1828, Martin Van Buren decided to give up his Senate seat when he was elected governor of his home state, New York. Nevertheless, he resigned after only serving a few months in office when Andrew Jackson nominated him to be Secretary of State. In 
He served faithfully during his term, but then ultimately had to resign that job as well. And that story is up next. Hey, U.S. President's listeners, I host a podcast called The Jeremiah Patterson Show. On that show, I discuss news, politics, and history, and I think you will find it intriguing. So if you ever run out of episodes to binge on this podcast, go take a listen and go listen to The Jeremiah Patterson Show, where I discuss news, politics, and history, orchestrate specials, and also I'm involved in interviewing special guests. Here's how mentalfloss.org so vividly describes this incredibly intriguing story. Quote, tensions with Jackson's cabinet broke out. However, when his secretary of war, John Eaton, married a woman of low social status who might have begun her relationship with Eaton while still married to her first husband, Vice President John Calhoun and his wife snubbed the Eatons socially, and Van Buren said the scandal left the government and Jackson's cabinet in the, quote, defiling, defiling clutches of the gossip, end quote. Van Buren, a a widower, faced no reprisals for his kindness towards Mrs. Eaton. Still, he devised a plan to bring peace to the administration. He would resign, allowing Jackson to then dismiss the remainder of the cabinet and appoint new senior administration officials. President Jackson then guaranteed Van Buren a nomination for vice president in the following election. End quote. Now, following this chaotic rearrangement in the presidential cabinet under President Andrew Jackson's first term, President Andrew Jackson thenceforth and subsequently rewarded Martin Van Buren, Buren for his loyalty and sacrifice by appointing him minister to Great Britain. In 1832, when President Andrew Jackson ran for a second term, he did keep his promise and nominated Martin as his vice president. An interesting fact about this is that this was the first ever Democratic nomination because the Democratic-Republican Party ultimately and inevitably evolved into the Democratic Party, and so this was the first Democratic National Convention. He and Jackson were easily elected. After Jackson's second term concluded, Van Martin was unanimously nominated for president. History.com writes, quote, He ran on the platform that he would essentially continue Jackson's policies, and in 1836 easily defeated his three opponents from the Whig Party, end quote. For those of you who are unfamiliar or scratching your heads right now, we're like, ah, what is the Whig Party? And th- this name is sort of peculiar and also comical. History.com explains it pretty well. Quote, the Whig Party was a political party formed in, in 1834 by opponents of President Andrew Jackson and his Jacksonian Democrats, led by Henry Clay. The name, quote, Whigs, end quote, was derived from the English anti-monarchist party and was an attempt to portray Jackson as King Andrew. The Whigs were one of the two major political parties in the United States from the late 1830s through the early 1850s, while Jackson while Jacksonian Democrats painted Whigs as the party of aristocracy. I may be spelling that wrong. Let me spell it out here. I may be saying that wrong. It is spelled A-R-I-S-T-O-C-R-A-C-Y. They managed to win support from diverse economic groups and elect two presidents, William Henry Harrison and Zachary Taylor. The other two presidents, excuse me, the other two Whigs, 
The other two Whig presidents, John Tyler and Milliard Fillmore, gained office as vice presidents next in the line of succession. End quote. Martin Van Buren did ultimately become president of the United States. Here is some fantastic reporting and also some intriguing facts from the Studies Weekly YouTube channel. Martin Van Buren, the eighth president of the United States, was born on December 5, 1782 in Kinderhook, New York. Although his family had lived in the United States for many years, they spoke Dutch at home, as did many of their neighbors. President Van Buren is the only president who learned English as a second language. He became a lawyer, but his main interest was politics. One of the things he is best known for is his work in organizing the Democratic Party in the 1820s. The political system we have today is largely based on Van Buren's work. Martin Van Buren, who had been serving as vice president, was elected president in 1836. When he was sworn in as president of the United States on March 4, 1837, the country was facing serious trouble. There were already signs that the economy was failing. The panic of 1837 led to one of the worst recessions in our country's history. Banks closed and people lost their jobs. Van Buren had to focus on the problems with the economy. He followed President Jackson's policy and refused to have the government take control. He tried to have Congress create an independent treasury, but the bill didn't pass until 1840. Things were starting to get better by the election of 1840, but many people blamed Van Buren for the recession and he lost the election. What was he able to do as president? He turned down Texas's request to join the Union as a slave state, which pleased the North. He was against slavery, but he said it was constitutional and supported it in states where it already existed, which pleased the South. He continued President Jackson's plan to move American Indians out of their lands in the East and into Indian Territory. He continued the Second Seminole War in Florida. He used peaceful means to solve problems both within the United States and with other countries. Martin Van Buren tried twice more to run for president, but was not elected. He stayed active in politics, supporting candidates whose views he agreed with. He died July 24, 1862. Hey, U.S. Presidents listeners, make sure to check out my website about U.S. Presidents. On that website, I post lots of intriguing blog posts about U.S. Presidents and also compare it to modern day society and how we can compare the intrinsic historical perspectives back then and what happened back then to right now. So make sure to go check out our website. I'll make sure to put it in the description of this episode so you can check it and always stay informed. Hey U.S. Presidents listeners, I just want to tell you that you guys are listening to Season 2 of U.S. Presidents. Uh, this is now Episode 11 called Little Magician. I just want to thank all of you for all your support and sharing the word and spreading the word about this podcast called U.S. Presidents, where I share my knowledge on U.S. Presidents and presidential history for you to expand your knowledge on U.S. Presidents and also divulge that information with your family and friends. So I just want to thank all you guys for your support and spreading the word. In the 1840 presidential election, Martin Van Buren did get shellacked, and it was really, really bad. And here are the results. William Henry Harrison won. 
becoming the ninth president of the United States. He received 234 electoral votes and won 52.9% of the popular vote. As matter of fact, 42.4% of all eligible voters voted for him, the highest percentage in American history up to that time. Martin Van Buren finished second, receiving 60 electoral votes, but 46.8% of the popular vote. Van Buren was so unpopular, he even lost in his home state of New York. That reporting is from the Mr. Beat YouTube channel. MillerCenter.org ends off their piece with this remarkable reporting on the life of Martin Van Buren. They end off with their piece, uh, sorry, Joe Silby ends off the piece with, quote, Martin Van Buren served only one term as president, and those four years were marked as much by failure and criticism as by success and popular acclaim. Van Buren's troubled presidency, though, should not overshadow his significant contributions to American political development. Van Buren played key roles in the creation of both the Democratic Party and the so-called, quote, second party system, end quote, in which Democrats competed with their opponents. The Whigs in these ways, excuse me, the Whigs. In these ways, Van Buren left an incredible mark on American politics, end quote. On this episode of U.S. Presidents, I talked about the life of, the life and the presidency of Martin Van Buren. And I also shared some facts and some knowledge about how today we still, and also talk about some of his changes to the political machine and to the political system that is now used and known today in modern politics. Make sure to listen to the episode, to episode 12, where I will talk about President William Henry Harrison and tell some very intriguing stories about his life. Thank you for listening to this episode of U.S. Presidents. Stay safe and take care. Mm -hmm.